In Kenya, tribalism is a fact of life. And when tribalism meets politics, the results are often quite ugly. In Kenya's 2007 election, violent clashes led to the death of over a thousand people. And so earlier this month, when Kenyans went to the polls to vote in local and national elections, members of our cluster in the highlands of Kericho County were understandably nervous. Though there has since turned out to be less violence than last time around, the threat has remained. And when Uhuru Kenyatta was named the winner of the vote on August the 8th, his opponent, Raila Odinga, accused him of corruption and called for nationwide protests. So what's the situation now at the community level? And what can local Kenyans do to help their country move beyond tribalism? To explore these questions, this month I'm joined by Deborah Langat, or Debbie, from Kericho County. Now, Debbie is multi-talented. She's a videographer. She's also sometimes a writer. She recently wrote a really informative article in The Ecologist magazine on the subject of tribalism. Incidentally, if you've not read it already, then do search for that online. And in the run-up to the election, she also worked as a community educator for Kenya's Electoral Commission. But also, she's involved in one of the central aims of the cluster, which is to find ways to help their community and their country move beyond tribalism to a more united, stable and prosperous future. So I spoke to Debbie recently, and when I did, I started by asking her what the atmosphere is like in the country now that the election has taken place. At the moment, there have been a bit of calm now in the country. There are a lot of policemen on the roads now, and uh, many people fear for their lives because um, the police have been handling people in a very rough way. So people people shying away from any protests and any kind of thing that would uh, stir violence. Are they fearing the police there, or are they fearing other civilians? Um, I think... When the election results were announced, there was a hint of uh, that there would be violence and that the, the opposition would dispute the results. So the minister in charge of security had deployed policemen in some of the hotspots, or we call them volatile regions where there's been violence in the past. So when, when the police have been deployed to these hotspots, we call them, uh, the hotspots are mostly where this opposition leader comes from because uh, he has a lot of influence because uh, he comes from that region or tribe. Um, so there's been a bit of uh, people, people fearing for their lives, even when the, when the political leader calls for uh, people to go and demonstrate. People fear for their lives because uh, there's a lot of policemen who have been deployed. So the civilians are... Uh, shying away from protests. And so yeah. before the election, you wrote this article in the British magazine, yes. The Ecologist, um, and you talked about how... Before the election. Yeah, yeah, and you talked about how, how po- was... political leaders kind of caught the vote of their own tribespeople. Um, are there any examples of Kenyatta or Odinga doing that during the course of this campaign? What the situation was that um, when... Th- there was a lot of campaigns going on and uh, we could see like when Kenyatta went to a region where Raila comes from, he received less reception. And you know, when people saw that on, in another region, like uh, when Kenyatta, the supporters of Kenyatta, when they saw that Kenyatta is not received in Odinga's region, they retaliated and they also did not receive Raila when he came and uh, when he went to do campaigns in that region. 
So there was a bit of uh, unrest, you know, and uncertainty on how the elections were, were going to be. So for the duration of this election campaign, you've been working in in voter education. Do you want to tell us? Well, firstly, de- firstly describe what that is, and then and then maybe tell us some stories as what your experience was um, of that role. Uh, the voter education started like uh, a month before the day of elections. So we would go around to villages and and uh, teach people, both literate and illiterate, and the disabled, and all all kinds of people on how to vote. And uh, uh, what we were mainly telling them was uh, how to correctly mark the ballot paper, and then some of the election offences that they should not commit, so that they will be on the safe side during elections. Okay. Um, we also taught them on some of the roles of leaders, like the governor, the roles of a governor, the roles of a senator, and all, all the leaders in the political structure. So what were your experiences of, of meeting all these different people? Okay, when we, I was conducting voter education in my community, where main, majorly the people around my place, are, we, we speak the same language. So I was using mother tongue. What language is that? To, uh, it's it's Kalenjin. And that's that's the name of your Kalenjin. tribe as well, isn't it? Yeah, my tribe is my tribe is Kalenjin. Yes, and we speak Kalenjin. Okay. Um. The the uh. Okay. From the way the feedback or the response of the people to voter education was that um. Okay, there were a bit. Some people are a bit reluctant. So there's a group of people who are a bit reluctant about elections. There's a apathy. You see, like people say. Um, there's no need for us to vote because in the long run, there's nothing these leaders are going to do for us. So there's a bit of uh, apathy. But uh, we had a, there was a great impact in voter education because at the end of the day, people understood the importance of voting. And uh, if they wanted change in the community and if they wanted to see people um, transform their lives and, 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 you know, of course, choose good leaders, they would have to participate in voting. You know, so um, in some of our conversations with uh, the people, we also realized that most of the people did not understand the roles of leaders, the like uh, the uh, positions, the leaders that we elect. What are their roles in the government? So, whenever something was done, or uh, maybe there's a road that was been that has been made, they really didn't know who was in charge of the roads. Is it the national government or the devolved government? And uh, sometimes you'd find these uh, local leaders taking merits for what they did not do. Perhaps someone else did it, the national government did it, and they would uh, use that as a campaign tool and say, you see, the reason why we have good roads is because you elected me, you know? And in, and uh, sometimes it's just a lie. People do not understand the roles of these leaders, so they cannot hold them accountable for some of the developments they haven't done yet. You know, and so uh, with that, you can find in some regions or some counties there are are other counties that are more developed than others. And yet there is a equal distribution of resources. And and, and that was the main reason that uh, we wanted a devolved government. uh, So that there would be more money coming to the county levels. And but where I come from, there's so little development. And uh, reason being, people did not understand the roles of a governor. It was like the first time that we had a devolved government. So the roles were not quite defined. And uh, there was a lot of money wasted. Yeah. 
And where do you come from? Okay. I come from a, a region called Bomet. It's it's just next to Kericho County. Okay. Bomet, B-O-M-E-T. So, generally speaking, you encountered apathy and perhaps a little yes. bit of ignorance around what it was people were voting for and the roles that leaders fulfill. Is that is that your would that be a fair summary? Yeah, the, yeah. And uh, that was the major reason why we conducted voter education. The, the main reason was voter apathy. So mm. many people didn't turn out to vote because of all those reasons. But now we saw a better turnout of vo- vo- voters during these elections. You've said to me that it's um, in Kenya, people return to their hometown um, in order to vote. Yes. So have, have you heard any stories from... Uh, other cluster members or friends who've gone to their own hometown to mm-hmm. vote have they have they come back to you with similar stories? Yes, yes, I've had. Uh, Robins, I, I know you know Robins. Robins come from uh, Nyanza, the Luo. That is uh, where Raila Odinga comes from. Oh, the opposition leader. Yeah, so he he went home. The reason why he went home was because. Uh, he also wanted to see development in his home area. So there are those leaders that he decided to to to, to uh, register himself in his hometown, despite him working elsewhere, uh, so that he would be able to participate in his home area in uh, choosing the right leader. Yeah, but that uh, his case is among the few uh, because majorly people travel to their hometowns because they fear their lives during elections, the, the election outcomes. Because um, I, I had a story uh, in Kibera, Kibra, that is uh, in Nairobi, where the majority people living there are uh, Luos, mm-hmm. that is Odinga's uh, tribe. And uh, people left that region because they were saying at some point they were being threatened. Like, if Raila loses votes in this region, we will know that it is the Kikuyus and other tribes living here. So you will not stay in your house if... Kraila loses in this region. So people fled or just left for home. So you're saying there's there's a kind of, there are people who are trying to change the tribal balance of a region in order to impact the outcome of the election. Yeah, yeah. There's still a lot of tribal politics, I can say. Um, you see, you can see it even in the way the, the leaders won their elections. You see, um, in... The region where Raila comes from, uh, Odinga, that is, uh, th- he has almost 90, 98% of votes. And where where um, Uhuru comes from, he has also the same amount, the same percentage. That is about 90 or 99, 98%, whereas uh, Raila has about 1% or 2% in, his, in uh, Kenyatta's region. So there's a lot of tribal politics going on. Well, I think now's a good time to move yeah. on to talk about Caricho and the cluster because okay. from what I understand, Caricho is quite a mixed area um, in terms of tribes, but also the cluster okay. in particular yeah. is a real mixture of different tribes. Do you want to explain yes. how the cluster works to to counter the tribalism and division yeah. that we hear about in politics and also to counter the maybe the apathy and the ignorance that you've described as existing mm-hmm. around politics and um, engagement with these issues. 
I think we 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 had this message that we passed on to each individual of the uh, cluster, uh, in, in, all the cluster members. That is, uh, in our last meeting, I think Robin's. I don't know whether he sent you the minutes or okay, maybe he's yet to. I think we I have talked him. about uh, sending the message of peace to at least ten people in our area, and passing it on also, like uh, telling someone to speak about peace and uh, make it like a chain. So, so we. Wherever we've been, we've been uh, trying to see where, uh, what each of us has been doing, or how many people each of us, uh, as cluster members, have reached out to, uh, to speak uh, the message of peace. And also, we decided that we are not going to participate in any uh, hateful messages. We were not going to post any hateful messages to, uh, as a cluster. That is what we decided that we were going to be neutral when we're speaking to people or, or, or about anything to do with elections so that we will not be considered as tribal or uh, biased in any way. So we we were, we, we mobilized people, we, we talked to people individually and told them about the importance of peace and uh, how important we were to each other as, as a tribe or the diversity we, we enjoyed as different tribes and why it was important to have each other. So that was the message we were always passing across to people. Yeah. And who uh, would... it could be on social yeah, sorry. No, I was just gonna ask like who who you spoke to. Is yeah, this friends okay. or neighbors or Okay. One uh while I was conducting voter education uh individually I I um I talked to people after just telling them taking them through the process of voter education, I would always end with the message of peace and uh like telling them no matter the outcome of elections, we are still one people and Kenya is bigger than, you know, our differences, political differences. And uh, I also spoke to Robbins and asked about him because uh, I think their region was affected by the outcome of results. They were anticipating to have Raila Odinga as the president, but now when the announcements were made, there was a bit of uh, unrest in his region. And and the police were so quick to act and uh, sort of it instilled fear on the people in in his hometown. So I think he is the one person who's spoken so much, and I've been asking about uh, how they've been doing in their region. And and uh, he's saying uh, that peace is now coming back. Uh, it's beginning to be normal again. Yeah. And I think that that story of spreading a message of peace reveals uh, an attitude within your cluster of trying to influence um, your community in, in quite a gentle way in terms of changing people's attitudes and outlooks. For example, I, I've spoken with a lot of people from your cluster recently and talking about mentoring, particularly particularly young people um, in Caricho. Okay. So do you want to tell us a bit about what the cluster has been up to lately, as well as spreading this message of peace and trying to break down tribal divides you see in 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 uh, some of the, the in the way we conduct our 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 activities that is um, networking and working with other organizations we tend to look at people not based on where they come from uh, our cluster is very diverse and uh, even the the groups that are within the cluster are very diverse and in their work and uh, also the type of people that it, it has you know uh, so all these groups that are in the cluster have members who come from different uh, tribal lines. And so 
that is, I think that's one way of um, showing people that we, we are not biased, uh, that we can work together. We try to bring together people with different skills, regardless of their tribe. And uh, we share a lot. We, 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 we do a lot and we see each other as brothers and sisters. So there is there's really the, the aspect of tribalism is really it's so rare in our in our in our cluster. We do not see people uh, treating each other as people from different communities. And uh, I think uh, when as a cluster now, when other organizations come in, they tend to see that and, uh, you know, they appreciate that and everyone feels included. I think it's it has really helped us also to grow as a cluster because as each member comes, despite of their tribal, uh, where they come from, you know, they feel welcome because they can see people from all other regions. And we, because we speak one common language, we, we don't have uh, in our cluster people speak their own mother tongue because it, for, for everyone to understand, you know, we have to speak one language. Yeah, so we we appreciate our diversities and we work with different people. And, and even as we approach organizations, we tend to make them realize that they don't have to be of the same tribe or come from the same tribe to make things work or to, you know, to to do great things. And uh, I, I can say also, I can give an example of Robbins. He he has, uh, he was working with a group of people in some place called Kiptere. It's just in Kericho, within Kericho County. And uh, Kiptere is a, is a village where the majority are Kalenjin, you know, and uh, there was a water shortage issue in that village. So he tried and he brought friends and well-wishers to come and help them build a dam. And uh, people in that region thought that he had self-interest or other intentions, you know, because, uh, you know, you cannot expect someone else from another tribe to come and help you, to help you, yet you do not come from the same tribe. Yeah. So there's always this notion where we've considered each other enemies. But uh, I think Robbins was a very good example of how he he brought people to this village, despite the fact that he did not come from that village. He does not even belong to that tribe. Yet he brought in well-wishers to come and help build a dam for those people. That's that's a wonderful story. That's great. Um, what about you personally, Debbie? Being in the cluster, what has that brought to you? Has that challenged you at all? Has it has it nourished you in any particular way? Yeah, it has. It has. It has really. Um, I think uh, I I have. Okay, sometimes when when I when I'm in doing my own personal work, I am challenged to to reach out beyond what's just around me and the people that I know. You know. Uh, because I've seen the potential and all these skills that people from different and diverse regions have. As I think in the previous time, that article that was published in the Ecologist, that is, uh, we had talked about how people from different tribes have different gifts and uh, skills that help us to, like, we we somehow depend on each other so that we can become a a diverse community and and a great community. So, for me, I think that's how I've I've taken also um, and appreciated every person and every uh, in every tribe. So I'm I'm learning a lot from each and every mem- member of the cluster, and uh, I think I, I have I've had a chance also to to live in a different place in a different region where I, I did not belong to that tribe, and I really also appreciated the diversity and you know sometimes we 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 have this uh, notion that people from this other tribe are are bad people yet when we go to live with them you really get to know the true nature of these people 
So I think that's one thing I've appreciated with the cluster. I have uh, I've come to understand them better, and even through them, I've gotten to understand and see their culture, their cultures in a very beautiful way. Okay, so you you've just painted a picture of this this tribal division um, that exists mm-hmm. in parts of Kenya, and then you've painted a picture of this harmonious mm-hmm. cluster with lots of different people from different backgrounds who get along and have such such positive relationships and are able to impact their community so if this is the case there's there's a need for the cluster and the ideas that you guys have to to spread Mm -hmm. um as far as possible in your country so do you want to talk a bit about the cluster's future plans well, I think uh, as we expand, um, as we we bring in more organizations to collaborate with us and share ideas across the board, and um, there will be more participation from even people outside, uh, just spiritual, but, but also there'll be other people. I, I believe we shall move on to other regions to reach out with the same message. And uh, the unity of the cluster is what defines us, you know. We are not... Uh, we are not defined by our backgrounds or where we come from. And I can tell you, uh, our class is so diverse that we have from the youngest to the oldest uh, person who feels at home and appreciated in, the, in, in our cluster. Though it started with the majority of young people, but now we are seeing even older people coming and embracing the, the, the vision. So it's not just about the tribal lines, but also the age limitations we we do not have people who people cannot come to our class and say it it just belongs to younger the younger age or the older age everyone else is welcome in the group and so um as we grow as a cluster as we incorporate different or more organizations uh to come and collaborate with us i believe also the message of unity is that as the the number one key message that we're going to pass across because this is something that we are it's not something that we just see we we this is how we were formed this is how we began our journey and we, we are still together because we 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 love each other and we appreciate our differences you know so i think we really would like to have platforms uh, to be that platform also where people can express their diversity you know in a beautiful way so that we can people from different tribes can appreciate each other's uh, diversity and uh, I think we would we would like to have these forums or platforms or even engage uh, organizations that uh, deal with um, things like cohesion and, um, you know, inter, that embrace intertribal uh, collaborations. We would really like to work with them. I think we can identify a few as a cluster and also try to engage them so that we can go beyond where we are to, to reaching even uh, to reaching out to even other other people. Yeah. What kind of organizations are you okay. thinking of there? There's a there's a there's a there's a government organization that's called uh, National Cohesion and Integration Commission. What do they do? They uh, okay, I can just give you a rough idea of what I know that they do. Sure. They usually speak about peace, and they also monitor some of the hate speeches that some of the these political leaders tend to talk about during their political rallies, or sometimes in public you know so they 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 monitor they're more like a monitoring uh, body to see what's what's 
going on in the country and uh, how do we bring people together. So they, they always speak the message of unity. And also they, they warn leaders when they have gone overboard in their speeches, when they talk about hate or something that might incite violence, they always come in as a body to, to point a finger or to become that body that deals with such issues. And and how would you envisage the cluster working with them? I I am not quite sure yet how it's it's just something that I've I've thought about that would uh, increase our participation in in you know uh, tribal collaboration. Um, as a cluster, we can uh, we can we can approach such organisations. That's just one example I mentioned. Um, and try to incorporate, you know, if we work with the government, I think also that would be one one way of uh, one way of getting our voice heard and the voice of the community, of course, heard. So um, uh, another way would be also to to work with the devolved government, that is uh, the Kericho County government. Uh, there's the youth, there's the Ministry of Youth Affairs, uh, the Ministry of Sports and Culture. So it's it's one ministry. It's the Ministry of uh, Sports, Culture, and Youth Affairs, and uh, they they always encourage the youth that are participating in something that changes the community or creates a positive impact on the community. I've I've ever worked with them where we had a street cleanup exercise and they supported us by funding us, buying us snacks for after the cleanup and uh, plastic bags for the garbages and all that. So I think we can also involve the county government of Kericho as we expand to also help us to carry on the message of uh, unity and, and also cohesion even among young people. Yeah. Well, I, I look forward to hearing how this all develops. It sounds really ambitious and, uh, and exciting and promising. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, sorry. Let me, let me add one thing that uh, something that I, like it's, something like a personal goal or um, vision you know as a as a media okay some i do videography and uh, there's one thing i've been always uh, i've always been thinking about uh having this multi-platform places for people to participate perhaps having uh, re- uh, recreational activities like films and and music and all that to to just pass the message also i believe uh through these channels we can reach out even to young the younger generation yeah so i, I think that's one of my main goals also uh, being being uh, as uh, personally and also as a member of the cluster i can uh, encourage some of them to join me as we as we uh, you know we can we can have a, a platform or a forum or have something like films to to show to the showcase to the community and tell them uh, and speak the message of uh, unity and integration yeah debbie langat there from the caricho cluster as ever i genuinely would love to hear feedback and ideas from all of you perhaps you love what we do perhaps you don't or perhaps you have some ideas of what i might explore in a future podcast please do get in touch with me directly you can email me jake at arukanetwork.org And also, please do review our podcast. Whether you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud, it's easy to do. And that's about it for this month. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, bye-bye.